You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 117. Hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. And in this very special session, I have with me Mike DePrisco, the Chief Operating Officer of PMI Global, the Project Management Institute. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by the PMO Impact Summit. It's back and better than ever. The PMO Impact Summit is the longest running free virtual event to support PMO leaders and those that work in PMOs and projects to help them make a bigger impact in their organizations, within their teams, and on every project that they deliver, while also building critical professional skills necessary to thrive both now and in the future. We are bringing top-notch thought leaders from around the world to share their best insights and techniques to help you fully unleash the power and potential of project management and the PMO to deliver not just outputs, but high impact outcomes on every project. This year, we're also including live workshops, live stream Q&A sessions with our thought leaders, and even more goodies, games, prizes, and everything you need to become an impact driver in your organization. Make sure you register today so that you can join us for all of the pre-event activities at PMOImpactSummit.com. Mike, thank you so much for being here today. It's great to be here. Hello. Hello, Uh, everyone. Now, this is going to be a very interesting session. I think you guys are going to learn a lot about where we've been and where we're headed. And it might be a little bit different than you think. Now, if you participated in the PMO Impact Summit last year, you heard me talking to Sunil Prashara, the CEO of PMI, talking specifically about this concept of a gymnastic PMO and the way that PMOs were going to need to adapt if they were going to thrive in a COVID and pandemic, global pandemic environment. And those that were paying attention to that very strong message saw some pretty high impact results. They got their seat at the table, they kept their seat at the table, and they helped lead their organizations through some pretty drastic changes in very meaningful ways. Now, this year, we're going to talk a little bit about what the data is actually telling us a year later, a lot smarter, a lot more informed about what the results are of this changing landscape, this changing environment. And speaking of change, who are the people now that are helping us drive change in our organizations. And it looks like the scope might have expanded a little. So that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today and how you as PMO leaders can position yourselves to maintain this gymnastic, adaptive, flexible approach to helping your organizations deliver on strategy with the highest possible return on investment as quickly as possible, and what we can learn from this very drastically changing world we've been living in and what organizations are doing to be successful. So with all of that said, Mike, I'm so happy that you were able to take the time to join our community of thousands of impact drivers to talk about what you're hearing, what you're learning, and how PMI is adapting to support this changing landscape. Yeah, absolutely. We learned quite a lot 
about ourselves, about our organizations, about the importance of projects and programs, quite frankly, over the past 18 months. And we're really excited to be able to share the results of our latest Pulse of the Profession survey with our stakeholders around the world. We think there's some great takeaways Mm -hmm. Uh, that will really help individuals apply and try some new things or to at least begin to rethink, particularly in the area of PMO, how a PMO can be a much more strategic business partner within their organizations and ensure, as you said, they maintain and always have a seat at that table uh, when it comes to talking about uh, strategic uh, initiatives in an organization. Yeah. And that's, I think it's so cool because it was almost like PMI was predicting the future last year, right? Right. Because you guys were talking about, look, this is an ever-changing landscape. And for PMOs to have that seat at the table, there's some things that they're going to have to do differently Mm -hmm. and be able to pivot and shift and respond to changing business needs. And then what was really cool is that when I first read the PMI Pulse of the Profession survey, I was like, this is exactly what we saw coming. And it's exactly the experience that we told PMO leaders and project managers that they were going to be having. So this gymnastic approach was adopted by many organizations and they saw the benefits of that. So I would love it if you could share some of those biggest takeaways that were uncovered in this survey and how that maybe has shifted some of the thinking around PMI and how you're supporting this community. Yeah, for sure. There were a number of key takeaways from the survey. And I understand that the individuals watching this will have an opportunity to check out the survey. I I would encourage you to do so. There's a lot of data in there. We break it out by region as well. So you have an opportunity to to zero in on specific areas of the world if you're interested in that. But from my perspective, there's a couple key things that surface. One is we've seen organizations really respond to the pandemic, to the disruption in the form of higher productivity and better results when it comes to project delivery. For example, 73% of the organizations that we talked to indicated that they met their business goals on their recent projects. That's up from 69% the year prior. So it's a pretty significant, statistically significant improvement that we saw. In addition to that, general dollars wasted on projects uh, declined considerably to about 9.5%. And that was down from the high of about 11.5% the year prior. So we are seeing some really good improvements, and I attribute it to higher productivity. There's been this question, I think, out there within the working world about the impact that work from home has had on worker productivity. And I think all the data that we're seeing, quite frankly, shows that workers can be as productive, whether they're working from home or in the office. And I think what it comes down to is ensuring that our mindset is around not completing activities and outputs, but really focusing in on outcomes. And if we focus in on outcomes, (laughs) right, it doesn't matter if you're working in an office, working in a coffee shop, working in your bedroom, because you're driving toward an outcome that the organization has identified as being critically important. So I, I think that's really good news, I think, for project leaders, PMOs, anyone that's connected to project work, I think we're Mm -hmm. starting to see some real value and return on investment coming out of our efforts. 
Oh my gosh, that's so good. And Mike, I got to tell you, you're speaking my love language. As soon as people start talking about outcomes over outputs, you have me, right? Because that's <laughs> one of the biggest differences between organizations and their project management functions, whether they succeed or fail. Because I've been PMP certified since 2004. Yeah. I drank the PMI Kool-Aid because I see what we're trying to do here, right? And mm -hmm. I also have seen the benefit of knowing how to use what you learn from the PMBOK, for example, and using it for good instead of evil, right? Using it as a means to achieve the results as opposed to a checklist or a process of we must apply every single thing in this Bible, right? It's about understanding how to use it to facilitate driving to those outcomes. And I think it redefines the value of project management for an organization because when project managers get caught up in defining their value by the number of templates they create or the perfection of their process, but forget that the reason, the why, all of that is there in the first place, which is to facilitate and enable and accelerate achieving big impact and results, those outcomes, right? When mm -hmm. they forget that, then they're undervaluing what they can do to contribute to the organization's bottom line and to move an organization forward. And so being able to say, okay, my value is not in how perfect my 843 templates are. My value is in how I know, knowing what, and how to use it to help the organization achieve those results as quickly as possible. That's a life, that's a life changer. It's a game changer. And it's certainly an organization changer, right? And uh, the PMO plays a really important role in facilitating all of that. A big role. And I think that's a great segue into, let me talk a little bit about what we learn more about gymnastic organizations. Those, as you said, yeah. collaborate, know how to pivot, know how to move quickly to respond to disruption and so forth. In our survey, we looked at gymnastic organization performance against those that were more traditional in terms mm. of not really adjusting, changing, sticking with ways of working that just aren't rooted in what's needed uh, right. today. Maybe they're prescribed to one specific approach yes. or something along those lines. But so gymnastic organizations were more likely to have higher levels of organization agility than those that are traditional. And it's quite substantial, 48% versus 27%. And what's great is these gymnastic organizations really commit themselves to good governance and good risk management. You can mm -hmm. have it both ways, right? Yeah. You, can have, you can have good governance, you can have good risk management, but you can also be quick to, to pivot, mm -hmm. to test, mm -hmm. to learn, to iterate, to change based on what you're seeing in front of you. In fact, an interesting surprise for us coming out of the pandemic, we saw a really significant increase in the number of individuals seeking out PMI's risk management professional certification coming out of and during the pandemic. It was almost 50% increase. Wow. And it's because, and I think it's because the pandemic opened our eyes to not just understanding risk and being able to management, but there's manage it, but there's also a resiliency component mm -hmm. to what organizations need to have. They need to be resilient. They need to be able to react to change, anticipate right. the change, and take the steps necessary to mitigate that. And I think all of this really presents a unique opportunity for PMOs to kind of reimagine their role within yeah. the organization to be those champions of resilient organization and the importance mm -hmm. of ensuring your people have the skills, capabilities, experiences needed mm -hmm. to be able to respond to any kind of change that's thrown at them. 
That's so good. So good. And I want to pull out something you talked about there with respect to agility. That doesn't necessarily mean what we call big A agile as in a methodology or an approach, but it sounds like you guys saw some really interesting data with respect to, so I think of that as like implementation methodology, right? You've got Mm -hmm. agile implementation methodology, maybe traditional waterfall. Those are implementation approaches. And to me, Mm -hmm. project management sits outside of that, right? Mm -hmm. Because no matter which methodology, implementation methodology you're using, you still got to manage risk. You got to mm-hmm. manage scope. You got to manage the schedule. You may do it in a different way, but you still got to do all of these things. You still got to take care of your stakeholders and your resources and all mm-hmm. that stuff, right? But it sounds like you guys saw some interesting data when it comes to the embracing little a agility with how work was delivered, how projects were were getting done. It wasn't just one side, one way that everybody must do things. It sounds like you saw a shift from a certain particular implementation approach to another. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. One of the key findings and takeaways from the survey was that those organizations that we characterize as gymnastics, certainly high performing, they used a variety of different approaches mm-hmm. based on their context, based on their geography, their environment, their culture, and so forth. The way we think about it at PMI is choose the right method or approach to, to meet the right outcome right. Uh, that you're trying to, to drive toward. It's not about right. using predictive or using agile. or it, It's all of that, right? Yes. Pick, pick what works. And make sure that your teams have as many tools in their tool belts to be able to deliver on the outcomes that you're trying to drive. And that for you, for me, for folks that have been around PMI for a long time, that hasn't always been our narrative. But over the last three or five years, we've really been seeing this shift. Yeah. And starting to really impress upon our stakeholders that, again, the more value that you can provide to an organization, the better you're going to be able to be mm-hmm. relative to career and professional opportunities. So that's that's right. kind of where we've seen the most uh, benefits. And the survey kind of underscores all of that. So we're really, yeah. really happy about that. That's excellent. And I think this is a really important message for all of you impact drivers listening. This is why your all or nothing approach doesn't work, right? And this is what business leaders are looking for. They're looking to know if you don't want to be treated as administrative overhead, and if you don't want them to see you as administrative overhead, it's really important that they see that you can think critically about what makes sense in each of these scenarios. So in some scenarios, it makes sense that we're going to approach it as an agile implementation. In some scenarios, it's going to be a more traditional or waterfall approach or more predictive approach. But what you're going to be measured on is your ability, all of you PMO leaders, to think about what makes the most sense in this situation. And that's what business leaders do, right? And that's if you want to be a strategic business partner to your organization, the other organizations that are depending upon you to deliver results, they need to know that they can trust you to look at a situation and not apply the same cookie cutter approach every time, but figure out what makes the most sense. And it sounds like the data really proved that out in this latest Pulse of the Profession survey. So pay close attention to that. This is the reason that big agile transformations failed. It's a reason that some of these bigger, like we must do things all this way. The reason that fails is because it doesn't 
it doesn't take into account reality right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) and what the real world dynamics are. And in my, in my mind, I don't think I've ever back in the day when I used to manage projects, Mike, and when I was building and running PMOs for 15 years, I don't think there was ever a project that we oversaw that was all one or another of anything, right? Everything was, was more of a hybrid approach, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I think hybrid is, the word of the year, right? Between mm-hmm. how work gets done, where work gets done, <laughs> virtual versus in-person events. It's now yeah. hybrid, all kinds of things. I, I will say this though, a really good piece of information that came out of the survey, and I think really will resonate with this group and yeah. all of us within the PMI ecosystem and project and program management. Projects are the way that work gets done. I think yes. that the pandemic really put an exclamation mark on Mm -hmm. that. For a number of years, we've been talking about all strategic change happens through projects and programs. And certainly what we saw this past year with people standing up and converting factories into vaccine distribution centers or creating uh, protective personal devices, masks, all kinds of things. Yeah, PPE and creating hospitals in a matter of few days. All of this happened through projects. Mm-hmm. And whether your projects ultimately produce a product or you're working on value streams and things of that nature, project skills are in more demand ever than before. And mm-hmm. that's what we're seeing. And as a result of that, PMI is starting to take a much more broader view of the impact that PMI can make mm-hmm. in helping people understand the value of project skills, whether you identify as a professional project and program manager, or you work in some other function of an organization, but you need some type of skill yes. in the project area to get your job done. Who are you going to turn to when you need that? Right. A, PM, a PMO can fill that, that yes. need very well. Yes, absolutely. And you know, yeah. you hit the nail on the head with something I think is really important because what I saw, so I have a PMO program and my PMO students, as I had mentioned to you before we started this session, they were doing awesome last year. And it's because their business leaders didn't see them as a project function. They saw them as a business solution to their problems, right? right. The team you call when you've got a big change or something you got to figure out right away. And so we had students that were responsible for setting up COVID testing centers for large hospital systems in a matter of three days, which would have before taken them three months to do. And they said, what do we need to do to adapt and be gymnastic in the current environment, right? They had to respond to that. An entire school system having to go online overnight, you know, a whole school system. Global brand who who primarily relied on their in brick and mortar store commerce now Mm -hmm. had to really shift gears and shift all of their focus to being online. So we saw it pretty much across the board with our PMO students and they were thriving because they didn't think of themselves as big, heavy, slow slog, right? To make change. But at the same time, I love how you weaved in there that you can still have governance and you can still manage risk. You can still do what we geek out and love to do. (laughs) It's just got to be really focused on achieving those outcomes and those business results and thinking and talking about it in that way. That's right. Organization leaders need to consider all those things. It's very important uh, now more than ever that you have the right governance, the right missed risk mitigation strategies and so forth. But again, that doesn't have to slow you down. That doesn't mean you can't be innovative. You can't be really stakeholder centric in how you approach problems and solutions and so forth. Right. That's awesome. Now, yeah. there's something else you're talking about that I am really curious to learn more about. And okay. that is this, because 
my instincts would tell me that this virtual environment actually, like, it doesn't surprise me that the productivity would go up to me personally, because I feel like, you know, back when I used to work in PMOs, I got my work done on the days I worked at home, right? That's right. That's right. But was there anything that surprised you about the project trends that you saw through throughout the pandemic? I'm very curious to know if there was anything that stood out there. I'll say something else that stood out. I think innovation can happen anywhere. I think that was something that really was proven during the pandemic. Virtual, physical, uh, hybrid, the, the organizations that really thrived empowered their people to be creative, to be innovative. They gave them permission to think bigger, to lean forward to try to experiment. That's a big one. Yeah. And the key is collaboration. I mean, you have to create the environment, whether it's virtual or a physical environment where people feel free and are empowered to collaborate because we know that's how work is getting done. That's how people do their best, their best work, quite frankly. So a number of organizations have tried some pretty innovative things to encourage and spur creativity and innovation within their organizations. And, you know, whether it's opening up uh, virtual creativity innovation rooms, whether it's doing a virtual hackathons, Mm -hmm. whether it's implementing platforms like Zoom and Teams to get closer to your customer, where you can bring them into a virtual place to talk to them, to really understand pain points and so forth. I think that is something that gymnastic organizations also fully embrace too. This idea that experimentation is really okay and it helps yeah. us get to the best outcome in a much quicker time frame. Right, for sure. I think that's really important. And I think that this, yeah, so I totally agree that there was this shift that we mm-hmm. saw from a productivity perspective. So the numbers didn't surprise me. But it was cool to see that what so many organizations were fearful of, which is if we don't have our thumb pressed down on you, how are we going to make sure you're working? And what happened is when we gave people creative space to thrive, they did, right? When we couldn't like lock people in a room and monitor them constantly, we actually saw better results because people were able to think and be creative and be innovative, like you're saying. So I think that's really interesting. I'm curious. There's also this shift happening, I think, like you said, in who is doing this work, right? And needing project, everyone needs kind of project Mm -hmm, management mm -hmm. to do their jobs more effectively. And I I know we see it whenever an organization, a CEO asks us to come in and build project management capability. I don't just focus on their project managers, right? I make sure that everybody in the organization has a level of understanding Mm -hmm. of how these skills can be used to help them get their jobs done. Are you seeing anything though, from kind of a global perspective with respect to a need to drive greater project management Mm -hmm. skill development across organizations and not just have it be in this, in the PMO or the project management group? Yeah, we, we certainly are. I think that I, I think that's a great question. One of the things that really excites me about the Impact Summit is PMI is also very much focused on impact. And, yeah. and over the last couple of years, we've really been setting our sights on uh, ways in which we can drive greater impact yeah. uh, in the world by bringing the value that project skills provide to individuals who may not necessarily see themselves as a project or program manager, but need project skills to to get work Mm -hmm. done. We we 
identified these individuals and we labeled them change makers. These are individuals yeah. that make change happen at an organization. You're probably surrounded by individuals in your day to day who are yeah. making change happen and they're making change happen through projects and programs. So right. for PMI, it was, well, what if we were able to help those individuals gain the capacity, the capability, the skills they need to manage projects more effectively. Mm -hmm. Again, they don't have to be the professional project or program manager, but they would benefit from having some skill, knowledge, alignment on terminology. Yeah. And if we can help upskill those individuals, then the entire organization is going to be that much better to deliver on their outcomes. So we think there's millions of individuals out there that could potentially benefit from some of the things that we offer at PMI and yeah. could also be a great way for PMO leaders to really think differently about the support they're providing within their organizations. What are the things, solutions, tools, templates, knowledge that an individual working in marketing or finance or HR might need from a project perspective to help yeah. them be better? So yeah. this is the conversation that we're now starting to have. And we're, to, we're, we're also developing some new products and solutions that are geared toward helping those individuals. They're more entry-level, basic yeah things, but we think that they're all rooted in you right. know, the fundamentals and good practices of project and program management. Oh, that's so good. And I like to see that because I think it is our best kept secret us here in the project yeah. management space. And I think it's time that we let everyone in on the secret of, of what, what this really means to be a project manager and, and the value you can actually contribute. Now, you mentioned the impact and the PMO Impact Summit. And our goal with this summit is to help PMO and project leaders become what I call impact drivers, which means they're shifting their focus from perfecting outputs, like we've been talking about, to driving business outcomes. Mm -hmm. But this mindset shift is going to help close that gap between like the project delivery teams, the people that are doing the project management work and the business leaders that are relying on them to realize organizational value. So I'm curious, Mike, what advice do you have for our audience that is looking to embrace this mindset, this pivot, the shift from outputs focus to outcomes mm -hmm. focus and earn themselves a seat at the table, if you will, to help the organization deliver on strategy? So what I think it comes down to, we've been starting to talk about what we call power skills. Yeah. Now, for those of you that are connected to PMI, you know that we have a professional development framework called the Talent Triangle. Yep. And this is something that we've used for many years to help yeah. individuals think about their professional development from a maintaining their certification mm -hmm. and what are the things skills, competencies that you need to have. We're really expanding our mindset and our view on what this talent triangle should be. And it really mm -hmm. is to me a framework for how people need to be thinking about holistically how they wanna develop from a career development perspective. And the three sides of the triangle focus on technical skills, leadership yeah. skills, business acumen. And what we're now seeing is that power skills, what we would typically call soft skills, yeah. or power skills are really the, the thing that differentiates an individual and allows them to really deliver incremental value in their organization. These power skills are things like the ability to collaborate, yeah. having uh, curiosity, being innovative, creative, communicating effectively, being able to effectively manage teams. 
and help teams get to a desired outcome. Being able to speak the business, the language of the business is also critically important. So for us, the biggest thing that we've been talking to our stakeholders about is focus your upskilling in those areas. The technical stuff is important. It's table stakes too, right? But the power skill area is where you have the opportunity to really differentiate yourself and add some extra value. And again, we're also looking to make a number of, we have a number of new offerings available that help individuals polish and refine those skills as well. That's so good. And you see some of that weaved in through the latest version of the PMBOK as well. You see that kind of that that shift in that direction. And I think it's really important that we think about this because we know that it's not just knowing how to manage projects, manage the projects well, that helps achieve the outcomes, right? A really important part of that. And part of why we do what we do with the summit, we don't just talk about like the tactical stuff of PMOs. We're talking about understanding strategy, getting Mm -hmm. in the mind of your executive. What's the executive perspective? What are we, what are they thinking about when they talk about ROI? What the heck does that mean? Right. Organizational change management, right? We're talking about change makers. A really important part of the project management process is threading through this thread of organizational change management through everything you do. It's bringing people with you through the change process and doing change with them instead of to them. Those are just a few examples. Obviously there's leadership and some of the Mm -hmm. tactical and practical stuff, resource management, stakeholder engagement, There's all kinds of things that we're doing. We do talk about agile as well and agility. So big and little a, and actually that's a really important part about this as well. Scott Ambler is talking about disciplined agile and what that looks like and the framework. So we've got a lot of components of all of this that help people think about how to get, gain those power skills, Mm -hmm. right? Because I, and I like the use of power skills, not soft skills, Right. right? Because it really is the powerful difference maker for uh, PMO and project leaders, those, you know, I could think about when I was hiring project managers for years and years and years as a PMO leader, I was looking for those power skills. I was mm-hmm. looking for, yeah, but what are you going to do when things don't go the way you're expecting? That, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, we, we think of it too, think of it as influence, right? Yeah, the the right. power skills, the better you are, the yeah. more influence you could potentially have in your organization. And we know it, that's a unique skill. Skill, the ability yeah. to influence, manage up, manage down, manage across, that's key to be able yeah. to do that. And it's all about future-proofing yourself, right? Yes. It's about having this mindset of continuous learning and improvement is a must. And, and I think today with all the disruption that's happening, COVID's just the, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a major disruption. My guess is we're going to have more disruption in the years to come. This is going to be pretty much something that we're going to have to figure out and learn to live with. Continuously learning, improving, future-proofing yourself. I think that yeah. is really the key. And The other thing I tell a lot of individuals too, is that now more than ever, you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because again, when you have a environment of constant change, you're going, there's going to be a lot that's going to get thrown at you. And uh, you have to understand that in many cases, we're, we're trying to figure it out. There's a lot, for example, a lot being talked about right now about returning to the office and what these hybrid approaches might look like. And some people are saying, no, everyone has to come back. Some people are saying, no, no one has to come back. Some people are saying, well, maybe it's a hybrid. No one knows how to do this, right? We're, right. we're trying to figure it out as we go. So everyone should be a little uncomfortable 
right? Yeah. But there, we know there's tactics that you can use that are rooted in a lot of project and program management practices like experimentation, like pivoting, like iterating, mm -hmm. testing, learning, and so forth that can help people manage this disruption. So I, I think it's a, it's a really exciting time, I think, to be part of this profession. Absolutely. It really is. And we've touched on a lot of different components here, but I want to talk specifically to our PMO leaders here for just mm -hmm. a minute, because you mentioned influence, and that's a really important part of all of this. So for our PMO leaders specifically to not just stay relevant, but truly lead their organizations in this strategy delivery process, I don't want them to be passengers. I want them to be impact drivers. I want them at the front of this train, driving everything forward. I feel that they must anticipate and then solve tomorrow's business problems like you talked about. Mm -hmm. So was there anything, do you have any advice or anything that popped out from the survey or any of your other research on how these PMO leaders can use these power skills, can understand the way that the environment is changing with how work is getting done. You can't just micromanage people on projects anymore. There's a lot of different ways that they need to be thinking about the work that they're doing. How can PMO leaders specifically, like what should they go do right now? What should they be thinking about doing so that they can get kind of driving this train instead of kind of following behind, you know? Yeah, well, no, that's 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 a great question. There's a number of things you can do. We we touched on a lot of that with yeah. it start it starts with you. Yeah. Right. It starts with a self-assessment of where yeah. do you think you have strengths? Where are your gaps from a development perspective? Maybe you're not comfortable being in a situation where you have to influence up. Right. Yeah. So how yeah. can you work to practice? Because a lot of this skill building is about practice. The mm -hmm. more you do it, the more comfortable you get. So maybe there's right. a mentor or other key individuals within the organization that see the world the way you do, see yeah. the value that projects and programs uh, bring to an organization. Get to know those people, attach yourself to those people, use those people as your advocates and your champions. I also think getting outside of your project or program management office bubble is yeah. key. You have yeah. to start expanding the conversation within your organization to value delivery and outcomes. Every conversation needs to be focused around what's the outcome you're trying to get to and what are the key drivers that are going to help you determine whether or not you achieve those outcomes. All of that work is being done through a project and a program. People get that. It's the other pieces that they don't necessarily connect. So yeah. really extending yourself outside of your comfort zone, outside of your bubble. At our core, what we do day in and day out is we bring ideas to reality. We get stuff done, right? Yes. Uh, that's a nice way of saying it, but we, I, get, yeah. we, we, get, we get stuff done. And the only caveat I would say is we get the important stuff done, we get yes. outcomes delivered. Yes. If you can change the conversation in your meetings to outcomes and keep mm -hmm. reminding people that we're talking about outcomes and not outputs, yeah, that will help go a long way in changing the mindset. Oh, that's so good. And I got to tell you, Mike, recently I read a survey that said that 95% of workers in an organization don't understand the organization's strategy. 
And that blew me away. And I was like, is that for real? And then I thought about it. And I thought about, if you think about the people that are behind their desks that are just focused on, this is the deliverable I have to build. Mm -hmm. If you think about oftentimes we have IT over there in that department and we don't really talk to them and they're doing this stuff, but then it just gets thrown over the fence. All of those barriers are things that the PMO could help break down. If you could just, as like my number one thing with PMO leaders, I love all this talk about outcomes, by the way, it's so Mm -hmm. awesome. But one thing that they could go do is just make sure everyone understands why, right? One question, one word question. Why are we doing what we're doing? Why? And making sure everyone understands the answer to that. I think that's going to be, especially with all that you guys are finding with this whole bigger role of change makers. It's not just project managers anymore. It's everyone needs to understand why they're doing what they're doing and has a role in driving that change. So I think if we can just as one takeaway, if you can just do that, if you can just help connect people with why they're doing what they're doing, you can see incredible results. I saw that when I was running PMOs, just doing basic things like, hey, you know, this is back in the old days. Hey, here's our dashboard of the portfolio of projects going on. And I put it on the wall outside my door of my office. And I was like, this is what's happening, everyone. And developers walking by, people that answer the phones walking by, everybody in every part of the process walking by and said, oh, that project I'm on is in red. Maybe I should do that work first, right? I mean, just helping them connect with why the work they're doing matters and what it's all about in the bigger picture, I think can be transformational. And to me, that's what means to focus on the outcomes. Like, why are we there? And then threading that through to what are the results we're helping the organization achieve? And how do I play a role in that, right? Yep. And you can put that on a sticky note and attach it to your laptop. Ask why. It's simple, but it's so hard, right? Because I can't tell you how many meetings I go to where it's not clear what the problem is that we're trying to solve, but everyone's doing a lot of stuff to try to get somewhere. And it's like, why are we doing this? What are we really looking to get out of this? It changes the conversation too, by the way. You're in a meeting and you say, hey, wait, let's take a step back and really make sure we're lined around the why. Why are we doing this? Let's refocus the conversation. It changes the entire conversation. It goes from maybe off the rail somewhere talking about like way deep in the weeds it brings the conversation back up immediately and gets everybody to rethink what they're looking to do. And the PMO leader is in a great position to help their organization, you know, change their mindset to start thinking why, as you said, first and foremost. Yes, that's so, so good. Well, so I think we've talked about, I mean, some pretty big changes happening in this industry, right? There's, and it's not that, the landscape of who manages change with this broader change maker mm-hmm. kind of topic is, I think, going to be new to a lot of people. They didn't, and that's your whole message is step back, look up, look out, see what's going yep. on around you. And there's a lot that PMOs can do to help support these change makers, not the typical project managers. And you've touched on a couple of those things. And I think talking about the why, getting focused on the outcomes. I mean, there's so much goodness there. I would definitely recommend all of you impact drivers watching, go download the PMI Pulse of the Profession survey, go look at it, go look at the results of what that tells us because it tells a very compelling story. And by the way, if you haven't, I always read them when they come out, go back and look at the last several Pulse yeah. of the Profession reports that have come out. There's stuff in there about the changing landscape of PMO specifically. There's a lot in there that I think will help open your eyes to the opportunities for PMOs if 
we pivot how we think about what we're doing and become more gymnastic as PMI likes to talk about in thinking about our role. So I think that's really important. Mike, are there any final points or parting thoughts that you'd like to share with this audience of impact drivers to help them uh, inspire them to go take the next step on their journey? Well, I don't know how I can inspire them more than you. Laura. you. Gosh, I'm like ready to go. I'm like, <laughs> after listening to you, I'm like, <laughs> I can charge. Let's do it. Hey, look, I think it's just a matter of really, this is the best time to think yeah. differently, to challenge sacred cows, to challenge things that we've always done it a certain way, to lean forward. I mean, I think the last 18 months, as painful as it was for many of us personally, right? Yes. There's probably half a million people, unfortunately, uh, we lost to this awful pandemic. From a professional perspective, the resiliency that organizations has shown is really incredible. And I think it just creates an opportunity for us to think different and use this opportunity to maybe get the change that you've been looking to do for a number of years. Yeah. Now, maybe it, it's a good time to, to try time. that new thing. And again, step into it, experiment, yeah. experiment. Yeah. That's the way to go. So, yeah, I love it. Mike, thank yeah. you so much. This has been awesome. I really appreciate PMI that's been very supportive of this event and helping us ensure no PMO leader is left behind anywhere in the world so that they have everything they need to be successful and support this broader community of not just project managers, but change makers are need our support, right? Our impact driver role, part of it is about giving back to this community and supporting all of these up and coming, just getting started in this field of project management, change makers that need our guidance, our support, and our help. And we have an opportunity to do that. And wow, we literally can just change the world one project at a time if we do that. So <laughs> thank you so much, Mike, for being here today. Thank you. It was great. My pleasure. Take Absolutely. care. Absolutely. All right, Impact Drivers, that's it for this session. And you will have access to it all week if you want to watch it again, because there's so much goodness here. Make sure that you access all of these great power skill developing free resources accessible to you mm -hmm. all week. Don't forget to register today for free for the PMO Impact Summit main event from September 20th through the 24th. And you can also upgrade your experience and attend one of our high impact workshops or grab the whole collection of bonuses, presentations, and additional resources from our fabulous thought leaders at PMOImpactSummit.com. Register today and I'll see you inside the app and community. All right, that's it for the session. Bye-bye for now.